Welcome back to the Turn Real Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Ethan, and with me, as always, is Kevin. How's it going, everyone? So, planting season is upon us. Don't say that word. For some of us, it happened Don't a month ago. say that word. Well, actually, it happened on the 4th of February, but came a little early this year. Why don't so, you tell them about your journey? So, we're going to go down the journey of corn planting 2021 in South Texas, and then we'll we'll get to some tips and tricks of the trade after that. But so we planted, no, we plant around Valentine's day. Uh, this year, corn prices are better. Acres are up to alleviate some pressures on well capacity with other crops due to increased corn acres. We decide let's plant 10 days early. And then we get it in the ground and I don't know, four days later, it decides to snow four inches this area has, you know, where that corn was, the last time snow stuck to the ground was 1985. No kidding. So, did it they, wasn't due to poor planting. It was did they due, name this storm that we're talking about? I don't, it actually was. They have names for these now. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what it was, though. Yeah, because, so for our listeners, it was the same if you reside in Kansas or other the Great North. We were <laughs> Great North compared to East. We were, uh, we were nearly 30 below zero. Is, yeah, because we were, we were eight in South Texas. Yeah, that's, have they, uh, well, anyway, keep going, and I have another question for you. Okay, so the... The snow, actually, we didn't lose any corn, oddly enough. Uh, It took 23 days for it to come out of the ground, which is not what we're used to at all. Mm -hmm. But came up, looks great. You know, um, it's way ahead of everything else because we kind of chickened out. Well, we couldn't. It was wet. But we kind of chickened out for a bit and didn't, you know, didn't plant for a bit. So um, almost wrapped up with corn. Cotton has started a little bit. It's going to be full bore probably next week or the week after. Um, You're lucky you didn't have any cotton on the ground. Oh, yes. Yeah. It would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been bad. So you said you had, what, six or eight inches of snow on the ground? Were you guys pretty, like, in, in where you live, was it pretty shut down? Did, the, did you even travel? Well, see, there's this thing about Texans is usually our snowstorms. The next day it goes away, so we're just not prepared because it never stays that cold. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why invest in winterizing things when you can just avoid it and hunker down for a day? Well, apparently it was for a week this time, but yeah, it's pretty sad. I remember seeing pictures of um, roll-off dumpsters from grocery stores down there that lost power. That it was nothing but food, you know, like food that could have went somewhere or could have fed somebody and it just spoiled. Yeah. So, pretty we have lots of, I don't, I mean, I think PEX pipe and PVC and plumbing and fittings. I don't know if there's, there's probably a, a shortage in the world based on how many pipes froze in the South. Well, it wasn't just Texas. I mean, Louisiana throughout the deep South got hit pretty well too. So, so my question along those lines is, have they cleaned up all the fish yet? I don't know that answer. Talk about some stench. Like, you yeah. know, I, heard, I heard that, you know, there was a lot of, because it never really gets that cold there, and so there was a lot of um, sensitive 
fish that just died. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of those fish that live in the bays, the bay's not that deep, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there it, it, I don't know if the bay froze, but it definitely was, was close. Chilly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the, those critters were not. I don't deep. know if the bay would have froze, though. I mean, it's salt water. It, it takes a lot more for salt water to freeze than it. True. Yeah, but sometimes there's parts of the bay that they're, two feet deep i mean it's yeah yeah you know what i mean so don't there's nowhere the brackish nowhere for them to go right what's that Isn't that brackish water kind of well i mean it, it's salt water but it's not as salty because of the uh the the vicinity or the the closeness to the uh river yeah but yeah, all that when you get into the mouth of a of a river and go inland a little bit, even that water's brackish. Yeah, gotcha. So, yep. But um, you know, we need we need to discuss like uh, some some things because I think that there was a lot of problems, like you said, in the <laughs> in the housing market. <laughs> For instance, I uh, I have a family member that. Uh, reside near Fort Worth and uh, they when he bought the house they put the hot water heater the tankless hot water heater on the outside of the house and to be fair Fort Worth does get cold yeah I feel like it, that may have been a logical decision but from my eyes from, or, oh, oh I'm not defending the the home builder. All I'm saying is, <laughs> any places in Texas, they should. I should not be prepared for eight degrees. True. I should never have to. I live here for a reason. They say, or they said that that happened because of some higher low pressure that abnormally bottlenecked cold temperatures that it actually just stuck in the center part of the U.S. is the only reason. It got so cold so far south. Well, I hope that that bottleneck is alleviated. <laughs> but you know, it it was fun. I mean, once we got our house back warm after not having power for a couple of days, it wasn't bad. So when you wake up and it's thirty five degrees inside your house, yeah, it's getting pretty chilly. It's not fun, especially with a little one. Yep. Yeah, but you know, and you would say, well, the, the kids want to play in the snow, but like, you can't go inside and warm up. So, <laughs> so it's, like, yeah, it's not. Then you have a screaming toddler because they want to play in the snow, and you tell them no, and they don't understand. But, did, you, uh, did you guys have any adverse effects on your vegetable crops because of that? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of the uh, the cabbage is hit or miss. How bad it did. Um, Onions is to be determined. Um, they don't know just how. Some people went ahead and insurance out. Some are rolling the dice and taking it to harvest and, and hoping they, they can make some money back. Um, when you go down to the you know, the Rio Grande Valley, they lost a, a lot more. A lot of the – they do all kinds of leaf. The lettuce, bok choy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and the citrus, they don't, they're not going to know what the citrus goes look like for another year. Yeah. And from what I know or heard, I don't have much experience, but in trees, once you get a hard freeze or a weird weather event like this, they'll, they'll go funny. 
you know, where they won't produce for a year and then they'll overproduce and then it takes them a while to get cycled back in into a normal pattern. Yeah. And that, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what, because the, the other, another question I have for you is obviously we've joked to our listeners that all bad things come from Texas, right? So we have, I, I have never heard that. And that's not a funny <laughs> joke. That is a harsh <laughs> accusation that is untrue. But you know, all of a lot of our insect pressure comes from that part of the world, and you know, like, not like you could predict, but in theory, you've had a freeze and things are dead. You know, yeah. I'll tell you what doesn't die is henbit. I think snow is fertilizer on henbit. Yeah, that that was it. it came out of the snow aggressively, but um, you know, I guess from what I've seen so far, so. We have some winter wheat, most of it spring wheat, and the snow did not do well. Depending on the growth stage, you know, some of it's fine, some of it doesn't look too good. But uh, we have a unusual, uh, unusually high amount of aphids in our small grains now. You do? Yes, it's very, it's yeah. Um, we're treating the majority of our small grains, which normally that's. The, it's the complete opposite of what normally happens. Interesting. So Interesting. there's that. Um, weed pressure. It's just. I think the weeds are confused. You know, we had we had it, we the um, week before the freeze, we had hit ninety, and typically down here, you know, hit ninety in February. Within ten days, you're going to freeze. Now, typically, that doesn't mean eight degrees for a week. That just means like 28 for a couple hours. But uh, so we had a flush of palmers, palmer amaranth, pig weeds. We had our, our summer weed flush. So it, one of the summer weed flushes, I guess. And uh, so those got, those got nuked. But um, the amount of winter weeds that we're fighting, we're, not, we're just not accustomed to. That's interesting. Yeah. Weird to think about. Yeah. Because we'll we'll typically get summer weather so early that we're we're fighting um, more summer weeds, but nothing. So, I mean, it's just different, you know. You 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 aim it, you know, adjust and, and go go with it. But what we're fighting too is it's just so dry. That's really been our only moisture we've gotten all year, and it's just it is bone dry. In our part of the state, it's the same. Like we 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 think we've got a little bit of moisture, but we're still not looking very promising. It's it's still pretty. I don't know. We, we're going to need some some moisture to finish out. You know, especially if guys want um, want dryland crops around here. I know other parts of the state they've got got moisture, and other areas are getting moisture. But it seems like it's a path. You know, like the same areas are getting left out. Yeah, I think we get in these these uh, these grooves where weather just continues to to follow. I mean, I'm no meteorologist, and I have no idea if I'm right, but it seems like once it starts raining in a path, it just keeps going that way. There's something whereby like the ten-year patterns. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know if it's I don't know. I'd have to do research, but. For instance, like the first few years of a year, you know, like we switched over to 2020, right? And so like it's pretty dry and dismal. And then as you get further and further into the the years of the century, that like you get 
like you get more and more rain. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if you can correlate that everywhere. But Yeah. Yeah, somewhere it's going to be the opposite. They start out wet and end up dry. For sure. For it to be wet anywhere, it's going to have to be dry somewhere. Yeah. Or it has to come from somewhere and, le- and stay somewhere. So, you know. Um, how tall is your corn? Um, I guess our oldest stuff is probably six leaf or so. No kidding. Yeah. It's crazy. Of course, you know, here we're about, we'll have guys going in a month, probably. Yeah, it's not unusual for when y'all are done to, you know, when you're finished planting corn, we have, we're starting to pollinate. True. 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 Um, so yeah, we have, uh, yeah. It's about six leaf corn. Um, Milo just Milo got going a little early this year, mm-hmm. um, so it, that stuff's probably two three leaf at the oldest. But we can we have a huge planting window on Milo. We can go all the way to July. That is crazy. You don't have two crops. You can, yeah. We can do two crops of corn. Right. I just you know, I've only ever seen it done a handful of times on the same acre, and that's not good. It's, it is really hard on the ground to do corn on corn on the same acre. Same year, yeah, for sure. This tough. Um, but fall corn's not, yeah, fall, especially fall sweet corn. You know, yeah. All, it is all uh, very common. Oh. Well, fall corn is very market dependent, which yeah. because yeah. of 2020, we didn't, you know, a lot of our corn is human consumption. And human consumption of corn products went down because nobody's, you know, when you go like to a Mexican restaurant, you get chips and salsa. Well, just think about all the Mexican restaurants throughout America that you do, and they were all closed for a year. Yep. You know, so there was there was the there, podcast. What's that? <laughs> It's a whole nother podcast. The <laughs> oh, yeah. So basically there was no fall corn. He's always getting it. But, yeah, we went from extremely long plant dates to COVID. Uh, yeah. But anyway, once things open back up, the fall corn will come back. Our fall corn acres are directly tied. Okay, this is, I'm not joking here. They're like probably 80% tied to the consumption of tortillas and tortilla chips. So... That's like yeah. Being as it is human consumption, that's those fall corn acres are tied directly to how much that market needs to get. Yeah, to for sure. So um, it's almost like a vegetable if you think about it. The way it's marketed and mm-hmm. bought and stuff. But, um, so cotton, you know, it's just really getting going. Um, most guys took delivery of their seed this week, so once we get past Easter, that will be ramped up and ready to go. You guys so, are in full, full swing. Then a month after that, we'll be planting peanuts. So we'll be able to come up for air and Thanksgiving. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fun though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just interesting because here, you know, we're kind of either people are finishing up their strip till, applying burn downs, uh, spraying wheat. We've got some that, is jointing or going to start jointing around my part of the world. And, um, you know, like the thought of even 
Like people are still working on corn planters. <laughs> you know? uh, unfortunately, so are we. <laughs> so, you know, the, when you plant so many crops with the same planter, it's always broken. True. It's never, it's never, it, we always, uh, or, yeah, I say we as a community of agriculture, we always talk about farmers up north. Y'all have a winter. So things get fixed. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get fixed, right? It's not held together with, you know, bubble gum, spit, and duct tape, and the hope and a prayer, and some WD-40. You know, <laughs> it's just, um, which I mean, that's unfair to say, but it just there's it's constantly planting, so sometimes you just have to stop and do it the right way. But seems like that's a lot of. Um... It would be a lot of repairs. You know, we, we run a season and it stops and we have time to like go through it all. But it's almost like in some cases you guys might go through it twice a year. Your planter. Oh yeah. I had, uh, I, this was a few years ago. We had a good cotton price and we got done with corn. Um, and let's see. We on Monday they planted corn, Tuesday they planted a uh, Milo, and Thursday they went back to cotton. Same planter, three sets of plates, three calibrations. You know, you know that, and not only that, like we're you go from applying, uh, you know, fertilizer in the seed slice to fungicide with cotton. It's a whole other set of nozzles, whole other set of calibration, like. That was, that was a long week. But that, that same grower, one time, him and I sat down, and from Valentine's Day to 4th of July, there was never a 10-day window where he wasn't planting something. That's nuts. Yeah. Whether it was a grain crop or – and not necessarily with that planter. It could have been watermelons that were transplanted. But, like, on his farm, something was being planted but every 10 days from that window. So – um, but you know, it's fun. Keeps you on your toes. It's kind of funny because you, we had that cold weather and people were, uh, they were geared up, you know, really wanting to finish stuff up, but it really lit a fire under some folks. Like once the ground froze, unfroze, like they just went a fire for a while. Even, even my South Texas self knows that means thawed. Unfroze yeah. <laughs> is thawed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So got that done, and like I said, I don't know. Everybody's just kind of we've been wet, so it's slow. Things have been slowed down a little bit, but um, I don't know. We haven't had as we haven't had keep your fingers crossed or knock on wood much for abnormal insect pressures anywhere on any of our stuff. So yeah, I mean, really, the we haven't got to a time other than wheat where insects are really uh, a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm hoping that this is not what we're going to be in for for the year. Um, but I don't know. Usually when we have drier years, it's not as heavy of insect pressure. Right. But, or at least it's dry winter. A lot of them, it, a lot of times when it gets dry in the winter, they just don't overwinter well. You know, um, it almost like half of, you know, kind of like, not it's not a freeze, but it does kill some stuff. Are your Milo acres up because of yes. you know, the, the price and stuff? Because I, I know that here 
out here, I don't know. I think that if they have enough profile, they might try to grow like a dry land corn just because you have more options. But there's going to be a ton of ton of Milo out. Milo's going up. Like Milo's a dual purpose crop for us. Is there's so many uh, hunting outfitters that like to rent the hunting rights off those land off that oh, land. Gotcha. So gotcha. Yep. That makes sense. So, yep. So you can not only do you get your grain harvested, you know. You can't. You can market your grain. You can also market your land from that Milo stubble, if uh, you don't mind hunters coming. In. For sure, for shooting sure. birds. So there's some years where the bird hunting is more profitable than harvesting the grain. But uh, I would say that is definitely probably the case because well, it's kind of expensive to lease some of that stuff out. Well, and in the state of Texas, you have to hunt. A agriculture field and not be considered baiting it has to be normally has to follow conventional farming practices and what that means is it needs to be planted it needs to be farmed that needs to be harvested you know like you can't just leave it out there you know yeah so, for sure gotcha yeah. so um it's but, funny, but, funny that the loophole is that if you have a high fence ranch you can do whatever you want well you can't do anything you want with birds because they're federally yeah, regulated. Sure. That's another game warden that's not fun to see. A federal game warden. Why are they not? Yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to leave without their pen losing a little bit of ink. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not because they're doodling. Right. Oh. But, <laughs> um, see, this is the kind of humor that the listeners just love to love to come to. But yeah. uh, otherwise, down here, man, you know, just um, we're hoping to wrap up corn and move on to the next one. So uh, corn's just going to flow right into cotton a little more. We usually have a break, but because of the snow, it's just going to flow right into it. Mm-hmm. So, well, because it had you pinned down for a whole week, didn't it? Yeah, I bet planters don't fully stop until May, like the end of May. Gotcha. You know, and that's that's for guys who don't farm peanuts. Mm-hmm. You know, so just because my low price is so solid, but it is nice. You know, just having some good commodity prices. Everyone's in a better mood. Oh, for sure. You know, it's just it's nice that we can we can do some stuff. We can put some a little better fertility out. We can push for yields. Try to make a little more money. Um, take care of weed problems. You can afford to do things a little better it'll be interesting i know for out here in southwest kansas it's going to be all rainfall dependent the more rain we get the more crops we'll have but um things are looking a little more optimistic but we'll see what happens i I mean you always you want the commodity price to go up but it seems like there's some wrench you know, but how- well, and you just as you've seen, commodity prices started creeping up. Um, input costs are going up. Fertilizers going through the roof. Well, and that's the other deal we didn't even talk about. You know that a lot of fertilizer plants around here actually they're I say around here, but they shut down because it got too cold. And then you had um, natural gas became a high price commodity that was real just unreal what it did and so it made anhydrous um tight around here that if it wasn't committed you weren't getting it and dry fertilizer was already tight so i don't know 
you, you, you mentioned COVID and we're still not out of all these supply chain um, hiccups yet either, you know, like. Apparently there's a boat sideways in the Suez Canal too that's like stuck or something. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be good for supply chain if the Suez Canal shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that at? That's um, The Suez Canal is in, is that the Red Sea? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that it's in the Persian Gulf, I believe. But anytime a canal is shut down and shipping, you know, you know, tankers of any sort are backed up for miles. It's never good for a supply chain. We're already in a supply chain crisis. But I, you know, I, I think that, I think we, I don't remember if we talked about this in other podcasts, we might've, but it, in the chemical and seed, and it is a sales ploy, but making sure that you have your commodities or your inputs spoken for. Um, I don't know we may not be out of the woods for another year doing that because, because, you know, places are running virtually half capacity because of half manpower, you know, restrictions or they're running full time, but they're not really running full production. What I've ran into quite a bit this year is um, there's not just a flush of supply of your crop protection chemicals they're they've ran at a lean capacity like you're saying and if you didn't get them ordered this fall um then you may not get them in time because they're being manufactured now yep there's there's not this there's not warehouses filled full of all of your crop protection needs like there used to be well i think who's who's to say we haven't dwindled that down the over the last year you know they used to have uh What's the correct term? You know, supply from last year, carryover supply, I guess, you know? Well, I, I was talking to one of my local retailers uh, Tuesday, and he said, uh, I was kind of asking him about this, and he said, well, that's what what's what kept us alive in 2020. Yeah. You know, that's what we, we were able to get through, and, you know, we knew this was coming. Yeah. We're just here now. Right, right, you know? right. Um. We were, you know, they were hoping that manufacturing could catch back up, but it's just not. So, how do you, you know, it's like toilet paper. You know, it's hard to believe that it's been a year, but like, you know, a year. If you think about it, a year ago, now you couldn't find toilet paper for a month. You know, like, yeah. and and it's those extreme demand swings that we can't we can't really handle because it's not normal. And how do you gear up? like for the demand and then have excess that you can't sell later, you know, doesn't make business that. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just nothing normal about (laughs) supply and demand right now. Yeah. So uh, if you're a grower that's listening to this or a consultant or, or or whoever, like, you know, be flexible. You're going to have to find other solutions for stuff. You're not going to have, you know, Hopefully you can give your number one choice on your tool for crop protection, but this is going to be the year that you're going to dust off your green book and you're well, going to have to find, get creative with solutions. I know that it seems like there's a lot of stuff that I've heard that is in good supply. Just a few right now that, that isn't, but I think 
they're project they're projecting stuff for the summer and like we'll, we'll see as it goes on you know it may it may get tight later the later we get in the summer i, I don't know yeah and you know, we talk about this if we panic and say go buy all your atrazine right now you you need to get you know like all we're doing is perpetuate a problem <laughs> Fear, <laughs> right. this fear mongering. So, go buy your atrazine. There's no more claim to make it. You know, like while you're out of go, go buy go buy three packs of toilet paper because you're gonna need it. Yeah, we're gonna have to use the box from the atrazine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, you you're exactly right. It's just uh, yeah, emotional purchasing. Is that the yeah? Thing? So yeah. I guess you know what what the the way I've you know talked to my customers is. You know, we know what we did last year. Let's, you know, this fall we took a more proactive approach. We planned more. We not only that, we made solid plan B's and C's and D's and um, try to secure some of that. We know it's going to, we're going to use that in 2021. You know, we're not, we're not hoarding for the next 10 years, but, you know, we have plans in case we can't get those cotton products we need. We know, like, well, there's some other options. We're just going to have to spray a little more. So, yeah. random question, but your your guys are running hard planting. You know, tractors are running. Have have your guys or have producers had trouble with breakdowns in the sense that getting parts, um, getting things that they need. You know, because we're talking about like shortage on 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 the crop protection and stuff side, but you know, you look at the automotive industry and you go to try to buy like a new, let's say F-150 and there's not that many on the lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, parts are extremely thin right now. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my growers wanted to go buy new bearings for uh, the run on his press wheel. Yeah. It, it's been a couple of years. He had some go out and he goes, you know, I'm just going to buy some for every row. Just let's just get it done. Well, they have five. Oh no. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the hardest part about this whole deal is, you know, what are you going to do if you're harvesting and now you can't get parts and it's not like you can plan for this. Like you have to go out and then, well, for instance, I had my truck in the shop for over a month because they're waiting for a stupid gasket over something silly. Yeah. So yeah, and that that kind of stuff. I think the supply chain issues. That you know, are you going to get your crop protection needs met? You're going to get. I think the crop protection needs is probably going to be one of the first ones to get alleviated. But the parts manufacturing, we're going to be in that problem for a while. Yeah. And you can't afford to go panic buy things on a tractor. You sure can't. I mean, because inevitably, I buy this. Part A and Part B keeps breaking. <laughs> you know? Yeah, unless you go buy a new tractor, and then you're just gonna have a broken new tractor. So. Well, they can't even. I don't know. I think the new tractor market's about as bad as uh, the cars. You know, that's why the yeah. market's so funny or inflated. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I uh, I uh, I saw one of my customers and. The whole family was just out there on their hands and knees planting corn. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed style, just yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the diesel's too high. Yeah, no. 
Good grief. Bad joke. Bad joke. You know, funny enough, that guy does have a single row planter and they plant black eyed peas in their peanut field every year. And they do hand harvest that. Yeah. The whole family comes. That's pretty cool. So it, they, uh, I mean, it's just the fungicides you put on peanuts help keep black eyed peas alive. And then it's getting irrigated within your peanuts. <laughs> so you know, what do they call that? Um, it's a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, there'll be like three rows just through the middle of the peanut field. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, they have like a, you know, uh, whenever they're ready, the whole family, extended family, everybody's out there hand harvesting black eyed peas because they've got four acres of them, you know. So, but. No, I don't want to put people too far down in the dumps about, you know, the the year, but it's definitely seen some challenges now. There's going to be more coming. We're just going to have to roll with it like we normally do. And that's it. You know, this you're just going to have to be more flexible this year and be prepared. Know it's coming. Don't be surprised when someone tells you, hey, this isn't going to be in. Like, oh, well, okay. Yep. You know, be prepared to have to make a bearing for your planter out of like roll of duct tape, excessive amounts of duct tape and JB Will. Be, be prepared for plan D and E and F. <laughs> yeah, right, so we, I mean, we did that on a cotton. We, uh, we went to some old school chemistries that just kill everything that is not really good IPM that we don't do, but. If we get to that, you're just going to spray every Tuesday, you know? Yeah. Uh, hopefully. We, and there's some of those chemistries. And that that's the thing, too. You're going to start seeing generics become probably a little more popular because there's probably maybe a little bit more of that. Well, this is what I've seen. I think, maybe, I think as an industry, you're exactly right. As, as this stuff comes off patent, that there's more of a play in the generic market because that's where I mean that's what we've been doing for the last three years and so it's like invest it's almost like the stock market right like everybody gets in <laughs> gets in after <laughs> like when the market starts going up hey we need to get in you know like not when it's on the bottom it's like oh it's going up we need to get in on this and so everybody's spraying generics and then all these companies are but you do have to be careful because some of these are not um, yes it's the same the same active, but sometimes it can be different. Well, yeah, a lot of times you're buying branded. There's other things in the jug to make it work properly. Yeah. Yep. You know, and you're not a generic is that AI. That's it. For sure. You know, so, um, yeah. So we've went from COVID to planting. <laughs> now we're talking about stonks. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't know. This is uh, go, go a, what are we going to call this episode? Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the embodiment of 2020 has yeah, sure. perpetuated to tw- the, per- the 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 uh, perpetuation of 2020. We're gonna we're gonna um, just rename the podcast Doomsday Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two two podcast hosts with mental health issues. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's we circle probably, back. We we'll probably beat this dead horse to death. So yeah, exactly. So well, what's new in Kansas? You talked about you getting fertilizer out. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's it's kind of unfrozen. Calm, the calm before the storm. We've got 
last round of wheat well wheat should be done being sprayed um alfalfa is being finished up being sprayed and then getting all the final preps and um out here pre-irrigating where we can um because even with that cold weather and the the high input price or uh, natural gas and electricity and all that like we didn't we didn't water for over we had to wait till the end of the billing period before the price was down enough that you could afford to water so um we will see the challenge for the year for us is still going to be water um, and I, I know that i think you get into the northern part of texas and stuff like that they're fighting the same thing where you know last year wells dropped off and so i don't know it's going to be it's going to be a tight year for some i think maybe not tight but defensive let's call it defensive you know you're going to Definitely only grow what you can grow. I we've had some guys to talk, you know, they're talking about defensive maneuvering with with uh, fertility, where they have some excess phosphate, potash. They've built some levels up to where maybe we can cut back or mm-hmm. not put it out. Mm-hmm. I've, guys made that call. Yeah, you know, they, they've been putting nutrients out and building those levels, and like Ethan, it's time to cash in. You know, yep. we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to. Uh, this is this is the time we've been building for, so uh, hopefully we don't have two years like that. No, but anyway, well, uh, with that, thanks everyone for joining us. Thank you for our rants. Of- <laughs> thank you, this. thank you for following along. <laughs> at, least, at least, thank you for trying. I think we. I hope you were entertained. Have a worksheet or a flow sheet, you know, so that we could follow. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's circle back. Yeah, circle back. Well, thanks for listening, Colt. Do you want to give a shout out for questions, comments, answers that you'd like in the future? Thanks everyone for joining us. Colt, would you like to throw the uh, socials out for people? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at CropQuest Inc. If you have any questions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about, you can email us at media at CropQuest.com. Thanks. Yep, we sure welcome any questions, comments, concerns. Yep, give us some ideas. We'll make some new episodes, and hopefully they'll be better than this one. So For sure. Yep. All right, thanks again, guys. Until <laughs> yep, next time. Our business is knowing the business of growing. We take pride in your success, being better than the rest. Crop West. <laughs>